Good morning, everyone. I'm going to say it again. How are we doing over there, Mr. Kratzer? Okay, let's say it again. Good morning, everyone. All right. All right, I like that. All right, thank you. Um, I'm just going to begin right away by stating that I'm going to attempt to go as slow as I can because this is such an important message and I'm going to be reading one, two, three, four, all the way down to around 37. So without, you might not know what I mean, but you can see slide number one. And I guess I just should start. Last Sunday, I asserted that one of the most fundamental teachings or doctrines of the Christian faith is the triunity of God and the deity of Christ. In case you don't know what that means, God exists in three persons, and Jesus Christ is God the Son. Can I get an amen? amen? However, can that be proven from the Word of God? Now, I'm going to say that again and then go on to the next sentence. Last Sunday, I started that one of the most fundamental teaching doctrines of the Christian faith is the triunity or trinity of God and the deity of Jesus Christ. Say deity. That means he's more than just divine. I'll let that go until later on. Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Christian Science, and some sects of Seventh-day Adventists, and many other religions deny that there are no such things as the triunity of God and the deity of Christ. Question to you and me. This is why I know I need to slow down already. Does the Bible teach the triunity of God and the deity of Christ? Number two. Again, despite what other what many other religions assert, what does the scripture say? That ought to be our basis. What does the word of God say? Regardless of what I may be saying or other ministers may be saying, what says the word of God? Can I get an amen? Amen. That's the foundation, the word. That is, does the word of God, the Bible, reveal a triunity of God and the deity of Christ? Let's begin with the Jewish confession of faith, the Shema, which that word Shema means here. Shema means here, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4. The Lord our God is one. Notice the emphasis, one Lord. NASB, that's the one Bible we use here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Again, the emphasis you can see I made on the word one. And last one here, Deuteronomy 6.4. Why do I keep repeating that? For myself and you. Maybe you'll go home and look this up. Maybe you'll discover some of the unsearchable riches of Christ. On your own. 
Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, Israel. Shema, Israel. Jehovah, our God, is one. Jehovah, that's from the Darby Bible. <clears throat> I know I'm repeating myself. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I'm going to read the last one so I won't bore you. And like I said before, like I said last week, whenever you get into the word of God, it's just not boring. Can I get a witness? The word of God is filled with all kinds of treasures. If we'll just make ourselves available. Deuteronomy 6.4. Last one. Here, Israel, Jehovah, our God, is one Jehovah. Say the word one. You can see it on slide number five. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one. I'm going to read that again because it has some connection with, with the next verses. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. It is important to recognize that the notion of echad or echad, you can see it at the top, does not signify isolation or isolation. When Adam and Eve come together in a sexual union, they become one flesh, yet they do not lose their individuality. I've been thinking about this for the, for the last few days. Yet they do not lose their individuality. This is probably out of place, but I just, I have to say this. And you've heard me say it before, so please don't get offended. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The Father and the Son do not lose their identity as the Father and the Son. Two individual persons whose name is God. Eckhart. Continued, Exodus 24.3, then Moses came and recounted to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice. Can you hear the plurality? All the people responded with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we, there it is, we, one, we will do. Where are you going with this, Brother Bruce? You'll see within the next category. Then they came to the valley of Eskol, and from there cut down a branch with a single cluster. That's the same word, one. Same word. Of grapes. And they carried on at a pole between two men with some of the pomegranates and the figs. The word echad is the same word used in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, the Lord is one. Echad. 
Is God a compound unity? Or is he a single one? Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our God is one Jehovah. Same word. Let's review the concept of akad or ahad. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. It is important to recognize that the notion of a hod or a cod does not signify isolation. When Adam and Eve come together in sexual union, they became or they become one flesh, yet they do not lose their identity. Still reviewing. Then Moses came and recounted to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances, ordinances and all the people answered with one voice, Numbers thirteen twenty three. Then they came to the valley of Eschol, and from there cut down a branch with a single cluster. Interestingly, number 10, there's another Hebrew word which signifies absolute oneness. That word is Yaqid in Genesis 22:2. Abraham is told, "Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, even Isaac, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mounts, which I will tell you tell you about." The word. Yaqid is used in verses 12 and 16 of the same chapter. There is but one son whom God recognizes. Isaac is the son of promise. There is none other. In this sense, Yaqid sets forth an absolute singularity. Well, why didn't, why didn't the word of God use the word Yaqid? Why did it use a word Echad? signify there might be a unity. And while I'm on this, Abraham is a picture. And his sacrificing his son. No, this is not just an academic message. I'm going to get a little bit off track here. Abraham, ready to sacrifice his son on Mount Moriah, is a picture of God the Father sending his only son of promise. What's his son of promise? The eternal son of the living God. Why did he do that, Brother Bruce? A very, very well familiar scripture. For God so loved the world. What's the next part, Brother Bruce? That he gave his only singular son. No one else like him. But what would he do it for? For God so loved you and me, and everyone in this room, that he gave his unique son of promise that he promised all the way back in Genesis, all the way through Revelation, the great I am. I'm slowing down because I can feel myself rising up. Can I get a witness? It's okay. I know I said this before. 
We do it for football games. We do it for basketball games. We yell hallelujah. Why can't we do it for Jesus? Why can't you get excited about who he is and what he's done personally for you? Not just the world, but for you individually. He laid down his life. And we're going to get to that later on about the word resurrection. Let's get to a meaty part of this message. We talked about can the triunity of God be found in the word of God? It's a fundamental teaching of Christianity. But is it true? Can it be found in here? Let's examine what we have. I'd like to move on now with the word of confession of faith. Who created, what's the next two words? All things. Not some of the things, all things. And before I go on to the next slide, number 12, that means the cosmos, the universe, the stars, the moon. Do you know, we, I'm getting off course. Do you know that we have a God who knows the stars and everything by name? By name. And let me, before, I know I'm getting off course. And do you know that he knows you and me by name? And not only knows that, he knows every hair on your head. I better get back on track. Here's the Father. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isaiah 44, 24. Thus saith the Lord. If you notice that word Lord is in capital letters, that means Yahweh. That means Jehovah. Your Redeemer and the one who formed you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens. What's the next two words? By myself. What well, doesn't that mean he must be alone? And spreading out the earth all alone. Wait a minute. John 1, 3. All things came into being. Wait a minute. I just said God made all things. God the Father. Here we have the Son. All things came into being by him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Can I get a witness? He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Let me ask you before I go on. I'm getting evangelistic now, and the world did not know him. Do you know him? Do you know him? And I know I said this before. Do you know him? Not only in your head. Oh, he's a great teacher. He's a great prophet, and all these other goody, goody teachers. Do you know him as your personal savior? When it says that Adam knew Eve, it means he knew her intimately. He had an intimate relationship. Do you have an intimate relation with the eternal Son of God? Or do you just walk out of here and say, oh, that was just another sermon. I'm just going to go on my way and do what I want. 
Colossians 1.16, speaking of Jesus, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth. I just read that God created all things in the heaven and the earth. And here it turns around and says, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. What's that mean? That means the angels, atoms, molecules, light, darkness, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and, say it, for him. Do you know you were created for Jesus Christ? If you don't, you know it now. And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to put him on the shelf and say, I don't need you? Before I go on, I'm going to say this. I don't know who I'm talking to. Sooner or later, you're going to need the Lord. You're going to need him. You can circumvent around him. You can go under him. You can go over. But sooner or later, he's going to bring you to your knees. That's the son. What about Holy Spirit? And before I go on, don't you let any false prophet tell you that the Holy Spirit is an it. Number 14, the Spirit of God. Listen to that. The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Holy Spirit is called the breath of God. How about Genesis 1-2? And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Excuse me. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God was there in the beginning. I wonder if he's eternal. I wonder. Maybe we can get to that. 15. One of the fundamental doctrines of the Bible, and without this fundamental, you and me are utterly lost. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Father, now the God of peace, who brought again from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep with blood of an eternal covenant, even our Lord Jesus. That's the Father. I'm, I'm hesitant to say the next thing, not in the sense that it's not there, but there's so much power in this. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will rise it up. The Jews therefore said, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and you will raise it up in three, three days. But he was speaking at the temple of his body. The Lord Jesus proclaimed that he himself would raise up himself in three days. That's what the word of God says. What do you believe? Only a divine person could say, go ahead. In the Greek, it's like this. Go ahead. Kill me. And I'm going to raise myself up in three days. I need to go over that again. Father, 
first one, son, second one, and third. What about the Holy Spirit? We leave him out. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Let me ask you a question before I go on. Does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? Or are you still dead? I'm, I'm not afraid to say anymore. Are you still dead in trespasses and sins? And you're living for yourself. I know a man that makes $300,000 a year. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I don't care how much money you have. I'm not debunking money. But if you don't know Jesus, what profit is to you in the end? But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead... So then we have the Father, we have Jesus saying, I'm going to raise myself up, and then the Holy Spirit. And let me put it this way, and I said, I already asked you, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. You have him. And you know what? I'm going to put it this way, and you can't get rid of him. He ain't going nowhere. And notice I said he, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also give you life into your mortal bodies. Mortal bodies, say mortal bodies. You got a mortal body right now. That means he lives in you right now. And where does it dwell? Dwells in you. This is such an important point because the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm not going to turn to it, says if Jesus Christ didn't raise from the dead, you and I are still in our sins and we're hopeless. This is a fundamental teaching. Jesus Christ rose from the grave in three days. I'm going to get kind of rough. And if you don't believe that, you're calling... Jesus a liar. You're calling the Bible a liar. How about this exciting 16? How about this exciting test? That's right, it's exciting. And I said it before. It's exciting to get into the Word of God. I guess I'm getting a little sarcastic. Why don't you try it sometime? Isaiah 54, 5, regarding husband and wife. For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. Here's the literal rendering of it. For your husband, did you know that? I looked this up. I was so excited when I saw the literal rendering of this. For your husband's S is your maker's, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel who is, who is called the God of all the earth. Can I get a witness? That's the literal running. The literal running is husbands and makers. Where did you get that from, Bruce? Brother Bruce? Looking it up time and time again. 17. And how about Genesis 126? 
you notice I've got some of the things capitalized. Let us make man in our image. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Why did you go all the way back to Genesis 1.26? I'll tell you why I went back, because it says, let us. It didn't say, let me, it said, let us. Well, who is he talking to? Number 18. Let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image. If I don't get to this, I'm going to say it right now. I, I think I'm going to get to it. There's only one image between the Father and the Son. Can I get a witness? And I'm going to prove it. I'm not going to just say it. I hope I get to it. But let me stay right here. Let us, plural, make man in our plural image. It didn't say images. According to our likeness, singular. I have it at the bottom, plural for us, plural for plural, excuse me, plural for our image, not images and not likenesses. Let me say this. Every person, not just every Christian, every person was made in the image of God. But it's been marred by sin. Here's that gigantic difference. Whereas man was made, you just read it, in the image and likeness of God, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 and Colossians 1.15, the Son of God. What's the next word? Number 19. Number 19, please. Is. Let me read it over again. Whereas man was made in the image and likeness of God, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 and Colossians 1.15, the Son of God is. I'm going to take you something back to you already know. John 8, 58. Before Abraham was, what's the next part? I am. He didn't come into existence. He eternally was. I am. Not I was, I'm going to be. I am. And may I add this, and I said this before, this is the person who died for your sins and mine. And I know I'm getting ahead of schedule, and he's the only one. If it was a creature, he could never say, it is finished. He could never say it. Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whose case the God of this world. Did you know there was a God of this world? His name is Satan. Don't you be, he's not an impersonal force either. He's a person. And he's out to get you from getting saved. Can I get a witness? He doesn't want you to get saved because he, he knows his time is limited and he knows where he's gone and he wants to take you with him. Where's this place, Brother Bruce? 
And I'm not going to go back there. His place is in the lake of fire. And he wants to take everyone who refuses Christ, who refuses his finished work, blind him up. Don't let him believe. Put things in his path. Keep him away from Christ. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Say unbelieving. It's not because you can't believe. You don't want to believe that they might see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who, there it is again, he is the image of God. I'm going to say it again. Man was made, made the image of God. Jesus is the image of God. Because he was right there in the beginning when God said, let us make man. Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. <clears throat> The word firstborn, I, I can't dwell on this. The word firstborn doesn't mean that Jesus was born first. It means he was the heir. He's the heir. Why? Because he created all things. Here's another description of the deity of Christ. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Jesus Christ, God's son, has God's own nature. What about the nature of God? It's eternal. Whatever it is, it's eternal. And upholds, wait a minute, all things by the word of his power. What are you saying, Brother Bruce? This says Jesus Christ holds the entire universe in his hands. Galaxies, stars. There's something he did. When he made purification of sins. Who sins? My sins? Your sins? It didn't say it's making, it said made. It's over. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. All Jesus has to say is stay up. That's the word. And it stays still. I'm going to divert another, just a little bit. When they're on the sea, Jesus says, be still. He said, be still. And those frightened frightened disciples says, what kind of man is this that even the seas and the wind obey him? Remember, 22, there's only one God by nature. All other gods are false. Howbeit at that time not knowing God, let me ask you again, I don't know who I'm talking to, do you know God? And if you know God, you know Jesus Christ. You were in bondage to them that by nature are no gods. Let me ask you, and I'm not picking on anybody, because I don't, let me just say it. Are you in bondage? Are you in bondage to alcohol? Are you in bondage to cars? Are you in bondage to money? Are you in bondage to looking good all the time? Can I get a witness? How about it? 
Are you in bondage or are you free? The Bible says, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Are you free or are you still in bondage? As soon as you get out of here, you got to take a smoke. Or as soon as you get here, you got to go down to the bar, dirty bar, whatever that is. Can I get a witness? You're in bondage. Stop fooling yourself. Let me calm down. But if the sun, I know I said it, so set you free. He set you free. You shall be free. And that last word tells a lot. Indeed. If the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, let me say this. God knows who's saved in here. And I'm glad I don't. And God knows who's lost. You know why? Because one of the attributes of deity is that he knows us inside out. I can fool you. You can fool me. But you can't fool the Lord. You can pretend like you're a Christian. You do all the good things. And you just goody two-shoes. But God knows whether you're a Christian or not. And he knows if you're sincere or not. And I'm glad he knows. I'm going to say this because I just want to let you know, if God were to put my face on a, on a movie screen, I'd be ashamed of some of the things I was like. Can I get a witness? And I could say the same for you and me. But I've been made new. And he's still working on me. If you think sanctification, being set apart, it is a once and for all thing because he sets us apart. But if you think, you, if you think you're, as a Christian, you're free of sin, you're mistaken. We still need the blood. He reflects 23. He brightly reflects God's glory and is the exact representation of his being or nature, and he upholds all things of the universe by his all-powerful word. This is another translation. After securing man's purification from sin, he took his seat. Say seat. And I know I said this before. The, the fact that he sits on the right hand of God means it's over. He didn't sit on the left hand. He sat on the right hand. And not only that, taking a seat is on the right hand is a sign of deity. Almighty. 24. You rule the pride of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, you still them. That's God the Father. Here's the Son. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, we perish. And he awoke. And he rebuked the wind and the raging of the seas. And they ceased. And there was a great calm. Do you think the disciples didn't think about that? 
What? This man did, is claiming the same attributes as, as, as Almighty God. You think they didn't think about that? What do you think when you think about this? He calmed the sea. And in the Greek text, it means they ceased immediately. They just didn't roll. They stopped right away. Can I get a witness? I'm going to apply to you and me. God can stop you and me in our tracks anytime he wants to. But let me go on. Holy Spirit. But if I, this is Jesus talking, by the Spirit of God, cast out demons. Jesus cast out demons. Then is the kingdom of God come upon you. We talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we talk about the Son and the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that dwells with every Christian. Let me go on. 25. And they sung the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord, God, all the Almighty, righteous and true are thy ways, thou, thou King of the nations. That's the NASB. Here's another one for the Father. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz, or Luz, in the land of Canaan, and blessed me. That's Almighty God. The, the caption is, Who's Almighty? I don't know if you do this. I'm going to add a word to John 14 because this is the literal Greek. I don't have the Greek up here, but I have it uh, like many others at home. If you ask me anything in, did you notice I said that? There it is. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That's the NASP. Jesus is inviting prayer to himself. Don't you let anyone say, well, I always got to go to the Father. No, the Bible claims that you can talk to Jesus directly. Amen. In other words, let's say, I have, let's say I have an alcohol problem. Just say it. I don't, but let's just say it. I could say to the Lord, Jesus, I need your help. I need help. I can't do it. And he used the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. I need to stop right there. Who created the angels? The Bible says the Son and the Father. They were together. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him. Notice that word created. Say created. Do you know that word created comes from a... A word that means to, to take something out of nothing. In other words, he created everything, not from previously existing things. He just spoke it. And for him. And he is before all things. Say before all things. Why are you talking about that, Brother Bruce? He is before all things. If he's before all things, I want you to answer this question. If he's before all things, doesn't that mean he's before time? Can I get a witness? And I'm going to say it again in case you forgot. Before Abraham was, what's the next part? I am. He's before all things. That means he must be before time. 
I'll say it again. Don't you fool yourself. And Brother Bruce, don't fool yourself. The person who died on that cross, who stretched out his hands, nails, one nail in his feet. This is what he said. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down. What did you say that for, Brother Bruce? Just because what Jesus said. He said, you nailed me to the cross. You put those thorns on my head. You gave me a sponge for the dead and the pain. And I'm up here on this cross, and I'm hanging up here. Many of you don't know this. Jesus hung on the cross naked. That's right. He hung on the cross. They humiliated him as much as they could. But he said this, you don't take, you're not taking my life, life from me. I lay it down. And he wouldn't lay it down until he took Brother Bruce's sins, Brother Tom's sins, Brother whosoever's sins. He wouldn't lay it down until he knew that it was complete and that he had paid the penalty for your sins, past, present, and future. The great I am. Thou dost send forth thy spirit, they are creating, and you renew the face of the ground. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. I know they're repeating the scriptures. Here's eternal. Say eternal. Before the mountains were born, or that did give birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Son, for a child will be born to us and a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Well, right there it says he's mighty. I'm not, you can go home and look it up. In the scriptures in Isaiah twenty, in Isaiah ten twenty one, it says God the Father is Almighty. That means the scripture has the same context. Jesus Christ is Almighty. What about eternal? Doesn't that mean He's the Father? I have an under. He's the Father. No, it says the eternal Father means the Father of eternity. What's that mean? It means before time began, he was. He's not the Father. We as Christians need to get settled. Jesus Christ is not God the Father. He's the eternal Son of God. He's God the Son. Holy Spirit, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, Offered himself without blemish to God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. If you're not saved, you're still living in dead works. Mm -hmm. 
What kind of spirit was it? Eternal spirit. So the Father's eternal, the Son is eternal, and so is the Holy Spirit. That sounds to me like the triunity of God. Can I get a witness? But you know what? That has to be revealed to you. If you want to keep Jesus Christ as a demigod, someone who's created, I'm going to get a little bit sarcastic here. Go ahead. It's going to be all to your detriment. Because in John 5, 23, it says this, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. The Father and the Son are on the same level. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all incomprehensible and omniscient. What's omniscient mean? It means that you know everything. Incomprehensible means I know it, but somehow to reach back into eternity, I just can't understand it. There's some things about God I just can't, I, just, this finite mind cannot comprehend. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Did you get that? The Son is so awesome that only the Father knows him. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. What did you just say, Brother Bruce? It says the Son knows the Father. The Father is so infinite that only, only his Son can know him fully. Let me add this, though. You can know him in part. As much as a finite mind and much as God the Holy Spirit lets reveals it to you, he does not want you to be blind. And anyone, there it is, whom the Father wills to reveal himself. Did you see that? Jesus Christ wills himself. I was just talking to, I don't mind saying it. I'm just going to say what she said. I was talking to a a lady this morning in the alley. She was bringing food in. I'm going to say exactly, if you get offended, I'm sorry. She says, I was a Catholic. But she said, Lord, show me the truth. And over a period of time, that lady got saved. That's what she said. I'm telling you what she said. That just happened this morning. She said, all those rituals and all those statues, they don't mean a thing. That's what she said. If you want to place any blame, blame it on her. And I hope you can never find her. (laughs) The Holy Spirit. But God has given us a revelation of these things through his spirit. For the spirit makes search into all things. Say all things. But look what the Holy Spirit does, even the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit can go into the deep things of God. He must be omniscient. No one can search the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit can. I'm going to say this. And the Holy Spirit wants to show you the next part for your life and mine. He's got a design for your life and mine. 
the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the fountain of life. Say fountain of life. That means you're saved. If you have the fountain of life. For with you is the fountain of life. In your, in your light we see light. Son, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Holy Spirit, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Spirit gives life, and I'm not going to dwell on it. You must be born again. That's life. That's spiritual life. You must be. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit strengthen us. Do you need strength today? Say yes. I know I do. I know I, I, know I do. Every day. On the day I called, there it is. Not the next day. On the day that I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul, Father, Son. And I, you see, I have a question mark there after what scripture, because most of you know it. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Who can answer it? Come on now. 4.13, does that give you a hint? I'll let you look it up. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Holy Spirit, Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit. We're at in the inner man. You got somebody inside you. It's called your soul and your spirit. He wants to strengthen you so you can live for him. And if you don't know that scripture for the son in the middle, Galatians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, I'm sorry. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, filled to be with divine love. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The Son, for the love of Christ constrains us, and in other words, controls us, because we thus judge that all that one died for all, therefore all died. Holy Spirit, now I beseech you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayer. Say prayer. How about it, Christian? How often do you and I pray? Did you notice I put myself in there? Well, I got to get on my knees to pray. No, you can pray anytime the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray. And anywhere. So you can have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sounds like a triunity to me. You don't pray. You don't. You, you don't pray to a, a creature. You don't, you, don't, you don't worship a creature? And I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm going back to the Father. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not him. I don't know who you are. Did you know you're the temple of God? Did you know that? No. For we are a temple of the living God. No, no, it doesn't mean you're the church. No, you're not the church. A body of believers is called the church. Can I get a witness? Not just one person. I don't need to go to church. I have the church in me. No, you don't. We need each other. 
for we are a temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's the Father. Here's the Son, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Where does he dwell? In your hearts, in your soul, in your spirit, to the end of being rooted and grounded in love. It's been maybe 10 years ago, maybe less than that. I saw um, a Christian who was really down and out. And at that moment, I still remember it. At that moment, it, it wasn't me, so I'm not boasting. The love of Christ came out to help her. Can I get a witness? to pray for her. Holy Spirit, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, for it beholds him not, and notices at him, neither know him, but you know him, for he abides, abides with you and shall be in you. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwells in the hearts of every born-again believer. What about worship, Brother Bruce? Can you worship a creature? Say no. I, I gave you the answer because I want you to be on track with me. And I saw and I heard a voice of many angels round about the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in them there was 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands and thousands saying with a great voice, worthy, say worthy. Worthy is the lamb. Who's the lamb? Behold the Lamb of God who takes up and carries away the sin of the world. That's the Lamb. Well, who's that? That's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Worthy is the Lamb that has been slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, one number 35, and all the things in them heard I saying, unto him that sits on the throne, I'm not going to try to fool you, that's Yahweh, God the Father, and unto the Lamb be the blessing and the honor and the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down, and what they do? Say the last word. They worshiped. I'm on number 35. I don't know what that's on. Keep going. Somehow it got mixed up. I see where you're at. Here we go. Who can lead you? Okay, we'll go back now. Let me go back so I can read it. And every created... Yeah, okay. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them, heard I saying unto him that sits on the throne, that's Jehovah God or Yahweh, and unto the Lamb be the blessing and the honor and the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Who they worship? They worship the one who's sitting on the throne. And if you notice the word Kai, that's the Greek word and, and the lamb. Now let me go and let me see if I got the right one. 36. 
Here we go. Lead me, O Jehovah. Have you ever asked God to lead you? I'm just going to go on because it's getting late. Son, neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. Holy Spirit, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This is my last one. I got two more that are not up there, so pay attention. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Before you get into any type of what's, any type of sentence structure, I'm just going to say this. Looking for the blessed hope and appearing, say appearing, appearing. of the glory of the great God and Savior. Jesus is called by Titus 2.13, the great God and Savior. There's not two persons here. It's one. He's called... Look it up. You can look it up if you want to. Just look at any commentary. And it, there's a special rule. I'm not going into it. The great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said it. Granville Sharp. Now, here's the two. You can shut that down. Here's the two that were given to me by a deacon yesterday. So I didn't have time to put it up right. And a deacon is right in this church. He didn't want me to name who he was, but I'll just say it. Now, Father, this is John 17, 5. Now, Father, pay attention. Glorify me together with yourself. Now, Father, talking to Jesus is talking to his Father. Glorify me together with yourself. Now, listen to what Jesus says. With the glory and majesty that I had with you before the world existed. Can I get a witness? Jesus is saying, I laid down that glory. I want you to pick it back up and glorify me along with yourself, with the glory we had before the world began. That's what he said. Either Jesus is a derelict or he's an eternal son of God. Or he's crazy. No one can say that. Glorify me along with yourself before the world began. And here's the note from the deacon. That word together that you looked at, that you heard. If he was an angel, if Jesus Christ was an angel, if he was a created being, could he be glorified together with the Father? Let me ask you a question. Are you crazy? Could an angel be glorified with the Father before the world began? You must be kidding. Somebody said, no, it's impossible. First of all, angels are created in time. He's talking before there was time. Here's the last one, Titus 3, 5, and 6. This is for you and me. He saved us. I hope you get this. I don't care if you're Catholic, Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. It doesn't matter who you are. Can I get a witness? I don't care if you're even a Christian. It doesn't matter. Pentecostal. It don't matter. He saved you. He saved me. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. He didn't save you because you're a goody two-shoes guy, goody good two-shoes woman. But according to his mercy, he had mercy on you and me. And he looked down and he saw our helpless estate. Amen. 
but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration. What do you mean by generation? It happened on the inside. By who? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to make your whole body, makes your whole, uh, your whole, actually it extends out to your body, but your soul and your spirit, beget, they come new. It's not a renovation job. It's a new job. It's not an outside. It's an inside job. Whom he poured out on us richly, richly. God was, in, God was in stingy with his mercy. He did the best he could to get you saved. Whom he poured out richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Can I get an amen? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand.